Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Canadian Diabetes Association uh, launching a brand new identity today and uh, joining us in studio, Kevin Young. He is an account manager with that organization. I guess I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to be coy here, so I apologize. Uh, Kevin Young uh, joined us just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were so enthralled and, and enjoyed the the discussion about diabetes effects of which are uh, they are measurable, but it, it seems as though the numbers are becoming to the point where where they're immeasurable and they're so large, and we have to remind uh, our listeners of how dramatic. Uh, this is going to be in effect if it isn't already in our population. And the regional director of Canadian Diabetes Association, once again, I guess that's what we'll call it for the next couple minutes anyway, Andrea Kwasnicki joins us in studio. Andrea, great to uh, meet you, make your acquaintance. Thanks for taking some time with us today. Why don't we just get rid of all the awkwardness? What's happening today? Uh, brand new identity for, for you folks. Yes. Uh, thanks very much. It's uh, very exciting for us today. Today we become Diabetes Canada and um, we are no longer Canadian Diabetes Association. So this is uh, exciting for us. It's a, it's a bold move for us as an organization. We need to, uh, we need to step it up. We need to take note. We need the community to get behind us. We need people to, to understand that this is an epidemic and we are facing it not only in Manitoba, but right across the country. What do you think that change of name, that change of identity may do to allow you to accomplish this stated goal? Well, I think Diabetes Canada alludes to who we are and what we do. Um, Diabetes Canada makes it a, um, a broader sense of uh, we are here working for all Canadians living with diabetes. And as a result, we want people to know that we are here for them. What are those numbers? Oh, they're scary numbers. So uh, Manitoba numbers, we have 125,000 Manitobans living with. We have another 202,000 in the pre-diabetes stage. And then we have another 54,000 that are actually living with diabetes and don't know it. What's pre-diabetes? Pre-diabetes. So let's say you go to the doctor and the doctor says, yeah, you got to touch the sugar. Or your your blood sugar levels are a little bit elevated. We need to start watching. So basically what that means is that over a period of time, your blood sugar levels are inconsistent. They're um, higher than the norm, which uh, we, we ask that your norms be between five and seven. So they're, they may be reading um, seven and a half. They may be reading seven some days. They may be reading 6.5, but they're uh, inconsistent. So um, if they're inconsistent for any length of time or any um, extended periods, we say that you're more predisposed to developing type 2 diabetes. What are you monitoring this? Uh, for someone like me who, you know, does regular, a yearly, or every 18 months get a checkup and then, you know, the, they check your blood and all that sort of stuff. If those numbers were elevated, would I be cautioned necessarily or do I have to ask for them? What's the process there? Well, ideally, um, you should be asking. If you're going for your medical, you should be saying, what are my blood sugar levels at? Do I need to be concerned? So if your blood sugar levels are, if you've got an elevation and uh, the doctor says you're, you're pre-diabetes, that's an opportunity for you to really um, take notes, stand up, start exercising, eating healthy, 
and trying to bring those blood sugar levels lower so that you indeed can um, reduce the risk of actually developing type 2 diabetes. Kevin, this number for Manitoba, looking ahead to 2027, the projected numbers, as many as 467,000 Manitobans diabetic or in pre-diabetes uh, stage. Can this be a misprint or is this accurate? It's not a misprint, unfortunately. It's uh, uh, the best estimate uh, guess that uh, we can put forward. It's based on real facts um, and, and the current growth. Um, in the last 12 years, uh, the rate of diabetes uh, has doubled. And uh, going forward in the next 10 years, uh, it will definitely be able, it'll be hitting almost 32% in the province of Manitoba for diabetes or pre-diabetes. As in 32% of the population. Absolutely. And the, the, the reality is, is that some areas of our uh, population are even at a higher uh, prevalence for developing diabetes than, uh, than that. Um, the general population um, uh, at 32% uh, could be doubled in some communities. Why is that? Why is the, the rate of diabetes jumping like this? Well, there's quite a few reasons. Uh, let me touch on the high points and uh, we'll see if we can uh, uh, try to help some folks be uh, motivated today. Um, uh, ultimately, um, Andrea alluded to it earlier, uh, bad uh, food choices um, and sometimes it's it's not because uh, they want to drink uh, soda and eat potato chips and chocolate bars. Uh, sometimes those things are cheaper, especially in the north of, north of the province, than healthy substitutes. And that's a reality that some folks have to live with. Um, there's also exercise. Uh, Andrea said if you're A1C, that's your blood sugar reading. When you go to the doctor and they take your blood and they test for your sugar levels, uh, if your A1C is a little elevated, it's time to get started. If your doctor tells you that you're a pre-diabetic, you have a 50% chance of becoming a full-fledged diabetic within the next few years. So it almost feels like we're waiting for that magic pill, right? And is that part of the problem with with uh, now is it type one? See, I don't even know, and I and I consider myself fairly well educated on this stuff. Type one is where you can control the insulin, or is that type two? Maybe you can you can fix that uh, sure. for me, and just this idea of oh well, it's okay. I'll just I'll you know I'll just boost my insulin levels. Okay, so um, there's uh, three types of diabetes. So, three types? Yeah. yeah. Three types. So type 1 diabetes is when the pancreas stops working. And it usually happens very quickly, um, quite young in life. And what happens is the pancreas stops working, stops producing insulin. So it's, it's almost like a light switch, if you want to use that analogy. Light switch shuts off. No insulin is being produced. Our body needs insulin in order to survive. We need to replace that insulin, so we take it through either injections or some form of therapy in order for our body to have insulin. So that's type 1 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a little bit um, more complex in that um, what happens is, is that the body is slowing down in producing the amount of insulin or it's not utilizing the insulin. It's not distributing the insulin properly. So as we get older in life, our body parts start shifting somewhat or start um, slowing down in some cases and uh, maybe not working as well as they used to. And um, 
There again, exercise helps keep the metabolism going and, and allows the body parts to, to stay active. So with type 2 diabetes, what happens is, is that the body is still producing, but maybe not enough, or it's not distributing it enough. And then the third type of diabetes is gestational diabetes. So what happens is um, body goes through some hormonal changes during pregnancy. Only happens in women, guys, so you don't have to worry about this type of diabetes. But what happens is uh, body goes through some changes and um, you develop diabetes through your pregnancy and you become insulin dependent through your pregnancy. But once you have that baby, the body goes back to normal and you're no longer living with diabetes. However, that being said, you are more likely at risk if you don't um, if you don't monitor yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, you are at a greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes later in life. Do people with diabetes have to pay for their own insulin? Yes. So unless you have private coverage and and through our PharmaCare program, um, you still are paying for your own insulin, correct? Why is that? Why is it not covered? <laughs> well, um, I guess it, it falls under our PharmaCare um, insurance plans. And so, yeah, so no, unfortunately, um, insulin is not covered. Uh, they're usually a combination. If you have a private provider, um, they will cover in part as well as, as the PharmaCare program. So what can, uh, let's say, for example, I were to develop type 2 Type 2 diabetes, what would I be looking at in terms of out-of-pocket cost to to keep myself alive? I will turn that over to Kevin as he is living with type 2 diabetes. Absolutely, I am. And uh, for type 2 diabetics, uh, the uh, the cost, the average cost for a type 2 diabetic on an annual basis is $2,000. Out-of-pocket? Out-of-pocket. So that's a significant sum. Um, uh, and... Uh, uh, for type 1 diabetics, the cost is even more. Certainly um, uh, for juveniles, um, if they have an insulin pump, it's covered by the uh, uh, Manitoba Pharmacare system until they obtain the age of 17. And after their 18th birthday, it's no longer covered. Okay, I'm listening. To, I'm hearing all these numbers. I'm hearing out-of-pocket uh, expenses. I'm hearing escalating, skyrocketing rates. Why are we so quiet about this? It feels as though uh, we're we're not hearing enough, and the message isn't getting through. That's probably a fair statement. Um, that's why that's one of the reasons for us to change our name. We want to be bolder. We want to be out there. We want to engage people. Uh, we actually have uh, uh, campaigns this year that will engage us all year round. Uh, we uh, on the Grammy Awards last night. There was a, uh, a commercial for Diabetes Canada. It was a, a, a showing folks. Uh, uh, actually, it's a video of um, a diabetics who uh, have, but in their own words, uh, it's called Brave Face, and it's available on iTunes. But um, it's a um, it, it's a real eye opener uh, when you hear some of the statements that diabetics have made. We need to be more engaged. We need the people, uh, the citizens of Manitoba, to be more um, um, concerned about this, not only for their own well-being, but for that of their families and friends and uh, people that have uh, are diabetic or type 2 uh, uh, pre-diabetic. 
Pardon me. Kevin Young is an account manager with Diabetes Canada. Andrea Kwasnicki is the regional director for Manitoba and Nunavut. And we are going to continue our conversation about the End Diabetes campaign in a moment after your forecast. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. 221 on this Monday afternoon. Andrea Kwasinski is here, regional director for Diabetes Canada. Kevin Young with Diabetes Canada joining us in studio as well. Today is the launch, the new rebrand for an organization formerly known as the Canadian Diabetes Association and a brand that a lot of people were familiar with. But Andrea, we were speaking off air and in the time that you've been with this organization, we've seen the number grow in Manitoba from 54,000 to 125,000. How can that possibly be? How can we be missing this? And is this number preventable or is it just out of our control? Is it out of our hands? You know, it's it's so scary. When I when I think back from, from the days I started with the Canadian Diabetes Association to where we are today with um, Diabetes Canada, and I look at... You know, we continue to advocate, we continue to to lobby, we continue to provide programs and services for people. And and I think that for the most part, we're doing as best we can, but we need help. And and that's why we're part of the rationale for us being here today. Part of us, part of the rationale for the new brand changes that, you know what, we need to stand up and we need to say people. Look at this. This is going to this is going to cripple our society as a whole. When we look at 125,000 Manitobans, that's uh, we look at um, 11 million Canadians out of a population of 35.2 million. We have 11 million Canadians in this country living with diabetes. Stand up. We we need help here. Let's take note. Let's do something about this whether it's making lifestyle changes, whether it's exercising, whether it's educating, we need to do something and we need to do it today. We can't, we can't wait. Kevin, you, you, you mentioned earlier, a lot of times it has to do with dietary choices people make if they eat too many chocolate bars or whatever. You, if I heard you correctly, you said you have type two diabetes. That's right. I do. You do not look like somebody who eats a ton of chocolate bars. And, and so how did, when did you, I guess, develop I was, I was diagnosed almost 20 years ago, Brett. And uh, I, uh, um, the doctor told me that I had, uh, I, I was pre-diabetic. And with, he said that you can monitor your blood sugar levels and you can eat a healthy diet and things will be better. Uh, I did, and it probably lasted three years uh, and, and under those terms. And then it was meds, and then it was insulin, then it was a second kind of insulin, then it was a third kind of insulin, uh, well, two kinds of insulin and another insulin-like substance. And finally, I met with my doctor, my nutritionist, a dietitian, and said, I need to get serious about this. And I went through some extreme exercise, uh, had some uh, uh, assistance with my doctors, and uh, I lost a lot of weight. And, um, I, I, you know what, I don't take any insulin any longer. So there, there is hope if you address it and you put the right amount of effort into it. Um, but you have to, uh, you have to get up and you have to make change. Is there danger that as this becomes more, even more prevalent, that people just accept it as, eh, well, yeah, it's, 
one in three, one in four. Eh, what's the big deal? Is there a danger of that that we that our apathy even grows greater based on the fact? Ah, well, everybody's getting it. Well, you know that that's 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 one of the reasons why we're here. We we can't allow that to happen. Uh, we we can't have apathy set in. Uh, there's. For some people, there's a stigma attached to uh, having the disease, and uh, it prevents some folks uh, even from being diagnosed. Uh, There are uh, many uh, folks my age um, uh, who don't go to the doctor on a regular basis. They actually don't want to hear what the doctor might have to say, uh, just on the off chance that they may be a diabetic or they may have some other problems. Um, Sometimes they feel it's the, uh, the lesser of two evils. Uh, well, they may have other problems. They may have an identity crisis. They may actually be ostriches well, putting their head in the sand, yeah. you know, and then we got a real issue, right? Uh, just this idea of just not wanting to know. You used a terminology, uh, Andrea, a few minutes ago when we were off the air, something called blame shame. Well, I think with um, what we're finding is that a lot of uh, people who are, are being diagnosed with type 2, there's the stigma that comes along with, oh, well, I did this to myself. So it's, it's, they're blaming themselves. They're embarrassed for the fact that, you know, we didn't take care of ourselves. We didn't, we didn't choose the right food that caused us to develop type two diabetes. And I don't want anyone to know because I take full responsibility. So I'm just going to literally be an ostrich, put my head in the stand and continue down the path and uh, let the chips fall where they may. We have to leave it here. We are out of time, I'm afraid. Andrea Kwasnicki, Regional Director for Manitoba and Nunavut for Diabetes Canada. And Kevin Young is an Account Manager with Diabetes Canada, rebranded today from the Canadian Diabetes Association. Thank you so much for joining us today on 680CJOB. Thank you, guys. The news is coming up next. Mackling and McGarry on 680CJOB.